really been, been amazing how God's already been speaking to us today. We're going to come and we're going to uh, open God's Word together now. We're just going to spend a few moments in there. I just wanted to share a few thoughts about some things that I've been pondering on. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, if you can turn to the book of 1 John, uh, we're going to be in 1 John in chapter 4. Uh, just while you're finding your way there, just to give a little bit of context really as to, to where this is coming from, what I'm going to share today. In the next few weeks, what you're going to hear from us as, a, as an eldership uh, and, and in our teaching, we're really going to be focusing on just a, a real awareness of where, where we are as a nation uh, and what a lot of people are facing at the minute. You would see the news is full, I'm sure all of us are aware of the cost of living increasing. Uh, we've just had this mini budget that's come out, trying to wrap our heads around these things. And, you know, for all of us at, at different levels, we're aware of the implications of things on us individually, but also for those around us. And actually, as, a, as an eldership, we feel we want to teach into this season that we are uh, already in, but are also pressing into further. The um, Jubilee Plus who are just an incredible organisation who look to equip churches to particularly to serve and bless the poorest in their communities have really been um, already putting out some very thoughtful, uh, provocative uh, resources really to help us to be those who are preparing ourselves as churches to be prepared and ready really in order that we can respond to what is a, a deepening crisis. I'm sure we will all recognise it as that. And what we want to do as a, as, a, as a church is not just to be reactive to things, but actually to be prepared as best we can. And we feel that one of the best ways we can do that is to lay some real biblical foundations of what it is that God has called us to be as the church, while all the while keeping our eyes fixed on, on God. Uh, through that. So you're going to hear some more of that over the, the coming weeks. We're actually in conversation with uh, Jubilee Plus, with someone within Jubilee Plus as well. I'm going to be speaking with them hopefully this week just to really kind of wrestle through some stuff so that we are doing what we can to prepare us as best we can. But with that said, what I also don't want us to do is to move on too quickly from what God has been speaking to us about over the last few months. If you've been with us over the last few months, no, actually, this has been a real time where we felt God particularly uh, speaking to us about being what it is to be a, a people filled with the Spirit, a Spirit-filled church, a faith-adventuring people, and really just spending time um, thinking on that and resting in that, that this is a season that we're in, not just a series to have looked at, but a season we're in where God is calling us to explore that, not just explore that further, but to really enter into that further individually and as a church, And I don't want us to move on too quickly from that and feel like, well, we've done that, what's next? Because the danger is, is that we look ahead to, okay, so we're going to be thinking about preparing ourselves and responding to this deepening crisis that we're facing and leave the other stuff behind. That's, that would be completely the wrong way of thinking. Uh, so actually, we don't want to move on too quick. I've been, in my own life, I've been very challenged and, and just helpfully kind of drawn, had my attention drawn to the fact that we must, in our lives, we must have times for stopping and thinking and evaluating. Otherwise, we're constantly moving on from one thing to the next. And sometimes we can just, uh, we, we can end up just uh, drifting into things and uh, just almost kind of going through the motions without actually thinking about the, what we're doing or why we're doing it. 
And so again, for us individually, but corporately as churches, we do need times to stop and to think and to evaluate uh, and really to think through what we are doing. And so, as I say, we, um, going back, I'm trying to think now, it started at, at Pentecost. It was Pentecost Sunday, was our first Sunday, where we started this series called Dwell, where we were really exploring together what it is to be a family of spirit-filled people, what it is to be a church who are a faith-adventuring community. And then through summer, again, not shifting away from what we had been doing, but we were thinking, we, we had this kind of umbrella of love Faversham, and so we were thinking about what it is to love God and to love others, and how actually both of these things, both of these major focuses we've had, uh, they go completely hand in hand, and you can't really have one without the other. So we've hopefully have just been building and building over these few months, uh, really into what we God feel, what we feel God has been saying to us. And I just want to read these verses from one John to us because I think it's a very helpful kind of culmination, really, or a, a helpful landing point for us just to stop and think as we're thinking about those two areas of what it is to to love God and love others, but also to be those who dwell uh, in. The Spirit. So I'm going to read from 1 John 4 and from verse 7 through to verse 13. I'm going to read that and then we're just going to draw a few things out. So this is what is written in this letter. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God But if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Okay, so we've got love and spirit together. So let's think a little bit backwards from our series. We did dwell And then we did Love Faversham. We're going to kind of flip things on their head, really, for a minute. As we were thinking over the summer, spending time thinking on love, really the focus was this. It was on Jesus' commandment to, first of all, to love God with everything that we have and to love others, to love people and to love them well. And if we do those two things well, then all of the rest of the law, all of the rest of the commandments are fulfilled within those two. And so we spent time thinking about that. What does it look like to love God? What does it look like to love people? Pete did a couple of excellent weeks. Actually, how we're, as, as a church, as God's family, we're to have a culture of honour, looking to honour one another. That's one way we, we, in which we can love one another. We've been called to bless, to be a blessing to others. That's one way in which we can love one another. But just by way of helping us just to recap kind of where we've come from, not moving on too fast, but just allowing us this time to stop and to pause and to think in these verses in John that we've just read, it is very clear to us that the love that we are called to and the love that we are called to demonstrate, the love that we are called to live out is as a consequence and not a precondition of being born of God. The love that we are called to 
the love that we are to demonstrate, this love is a consequence and not a precondition of being born of God. Okay? So it's not that we have to be loving in this way in order for us to be restored into God's family. Actually, it's a consequence of what God has done for us. This may be nothing new to you. You may have heard us say this time and time again, but we need to keep being reminded of this because it can be very easy, even without meaning to, for things to get flipped in our thinking and we think, actually, we need to do things in a certain way because then God will respond to us in some way, in in a way that we're seeking. Actually, it's completely the other way around. It's because of what God has done for us through Jesus that actually we're actually able to love in this way. To try and love in the way that God calls us to without it being a response to what God has done for us, we won't be able to do it. We just won't be able to do it. And so actually, what I just want to draw us thinking back to is this. Yes, we're called to love God. Yes, we're called to love people, but always as a consequence. Always as an outflow of what God has done for us in and through Jesus. Verse 9 says this. That in this the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world. Why? So that we might live through him. See, God's love is not abstract. It's not some, uh, some it's not a, it's not like a, a um, yeah, it, it's not an abstract theory to try and wrap our heads around. But God's love was made manifest. It took on form. It was something that was experienced and encountered. We were singing, weren't we, in one of the songs, Emmanuel. We sang that refrain, didn't we? Emmanuel, Emmanuel, our God is with us now. And in Jesus coming and God sending Jesus, that is exactly what happened. God among his people. God with us. And why was God among his people? Because God loved the world so much that he sent his son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That through Jesus, we might live through him. See, when we're talking about love, it's not an abstract concept. It's something that has been manifested in our history through the person and work of Jesus and his obedience to the heart of the Father. And Jesus himself, God with us, after what he had done for us through his death on the cross and then through rising again in taking our sin upon himself and in defeating sin and in breaking the curse of death, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because when I go, then the Holy Spirit can come. And so we can experience God with us in a way that we hadn't been able to before. Because Jesus knew that in, for him to go, he meant the Holy Spirit would come and the Holy Spirit would live in those who, who were his beloved, in followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come to dwell among them. So which is why it says in 1 John 4.13, doesn't it? It says that by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. The spirit has been poured out on his people. Holy Spirit, God himself abides with us. He dwells with us. He remains with us. 
Paul uses fairly similar language in, in a couple of places. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16, and in Ephesians 2, 22, he says that we, God's people, are now God's temple. We are the dwelling place of God because his spirit lives in us. Emmanuel, God with us, but in a, in a different way. He now dwells with us, which is why when we did this series on being a, a spiritual people, we called it dwell. Why? Because God is dwelling in us, and yet we are also called to abide and to remain in him, to rest in him, to live our lives from that place of abiding in the completed work of Christ. And I say that was the, really it was the heart behind our, our Dwell series was what does it mean then to be a people who are filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to be a people who are living out God's command to be a faith adventuring people but doing so in the power of the Holy Spirit through his leading, through his empowering, through his guidance? And as I say, it's, this is still a season that we're still in, and I keep saying it's a season we're still in. This is a season in which we're always going to be in, because we always need to keep dwelling and remaining in Him, and knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells and remains in us. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get my head around the fact that God Himself has chosen to take up residence in us. If I was God, that is not the way I would think. I don't think. But thankfully, I'm sure you'll all agree, it's good that I'm not God, because his ways are not our ways. And he is just beautiful beyond description in ways that actually we, we struggle to comprehend now. But we will get to spend all of eternity learning more and discovering more and delighting ever more in him. So just, again, by way of recap of where we've gone where we've come from, just this opportunity for us to stop and to think and to evaluate where we're at. Through this Dwell series, we started at Pentecost, of how that promise that Jesus made, I will go in order that the Helper will come, and at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out on God's people. The church, filled and empowered to live the life that God has called them to. We spent a week looking at how the Holy Spirit brings us assurance, the Holy Spirit in us, confirms to us that we are sons and daughters of God, that the only way that we can cry out Abba Father is because the Spirit enables us to do that. It's a cry of the Spirit within us. We had Dave King with us speaking about baptism in the Spirit. We had Adam Voke with us talking about how we keep in step with the Spirit. What does it look like to live a lifestyle lived with the Spirit involved in, in every day? Um... Gordon was with us. Actually, this, this important recognition of, of to be those that don't grieve the Spirit, that we don't hinder the work of the Spirit among us, but we kind of really work in cooperation with him and love him uh, and just, again, just kind of follow his lead in our lives. We had Clive with us. This sermon, I think it was rooted in the Song of Solomon, wasn't it? This invitation to intimacy, that actually that's what the Spirit poured out. One of the things that, that that means is that we've been invited to experience intimacy with God himself. And then we had our naturally supernatural weekend, didn't we? With Grant Lee and Floss and they had Jen and John come down. with. And what a weekend that was. So much 
for us to, uh, to learn, but so much for us to experience as well. They did sessions on foundations for signs and wonders, what it is to be a spirit-filled people, how to overcome disappointment, what a helpful and necessary uh, session that was, really. And then on that Sunday, building a faith adventure in community. There was a lot there that we covered. And actually, as I was going through, just thinking through this morning, I was like, oh yeah, we did that, and we did that. Oh, and we touched on this, and we touched on that, because there is a huge amount for us to explore together and to keep exploring in terms of what it is to be a spirit-filled people. And, but all the more reason, there's a lot there, which is all the more reason why we need to pause and to think and to evaluate and to keep coming back. Okay, what is it that God said? Where are we now? What is God saying to us in this moment? We've said all along, we don't just want that series, we didn't just want that weekend to be something that we look back on fondly in a few months or years down the line and be like, oh, that was a really good time together. If it hasn't actually brought about any change within us, if we haven't grown in any ways, then we've completely missed, we've missed something massive, if that's all it is. So I think actually, yes, moments like this morning where we're just reminding ourselves, this is what God has been speaking. Where are we at with that now? What does that mean as we move on? Actually, I think there's going to be times where we have to keep coming back to that. And that's going to be a responsibility on us individually, but also for us corporately. And for us to keep teaching into, to keep drawing back, to keep reminding us of what it is that God is calling us to, of what it means to have the Spirit living within us. Sometimes, for some of us, it's going to mean going back and listening to some of those uh, those sessions again, some of those preachers again, and just allowing ourselves to, to kind of build upon foundations that have already been laid. It might mean spending time revisiting the scriptures that we're focused on and just spending our own time in there, just meditating on them for ourselves, asking Holy Spirit to just show us what does he want to reveal to us in that it's good, it is good that we have those that are able to come and help us to explore the scriptures together. But actually, we all have the Spirit in us. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to, to understand the Word. So actually, we all have, have individual responsibility. Not just individual responsibility, but individual opportunity to dig into the Scriptures and seek God. What is it that you're saying to us, Lord? What is it that you're saying to us? It's going to mean asking some of these questions. During that, those months, during those weeks, what was God speaking to you? Do you remember what God was speaking to you about at those times. Allow yourself to think upon those things again. What, stu- what stirred your heart? What got you excited? I think particularly coming out of the, the weekend we had, I think there was a real sense of excitement and lots of people feeling incredibly stirred, full of boldness, full of, what's it going to look like for us as we move ahead? Keep coming back to those things. Don't allow them just to become faded memories. Because I think if God was stirring your heart for them now and was exciting, them, exciting your heart about them now, it's because he's got plans for you in the future with what he wants to do in you and through you. I don't want any of us to miss what God has for us, but it means pausing and thinking. Revisit the scriptures. What is it that God was speaking to you then? What stirred your heart? 
what got you what got you excited i just want to finish with this just to share with you where i'm at and what stood out to me most and i think actually even in in the midst of the the dwell series that we were doing even in the midst of that the thing that has really stirred me personally is to treasure his presence i think that kept coming through we're not just talking about what we have to do what it is that God has called us to do. There, there is activity for us, absolutely. But actually, above all, this is where I'm at. Just this call to keep treasuring his presence as the number one priority, and everything else works out from there. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. This might seem a little bit, you might be like, why are you reading this? I'll explain why in a second. Timothy, uh, Paul writes this to Timothy. I charge you... In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you... Always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I was recently aware of something Mike Betts, who heads up our relational mission family of churches, he was saying about, he's working his way through 2 Timothy 4, and actually the first thing he did was to just stop and pause at the very start of verse 1. It says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. No instructions were given to Timothy until that foundation was laid. Paul gave very clear instructions to Timothy. This is what you are called to. This is what you are to do. This is how you are to do it. This is why it's important. But only after I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Everything flows from his presence. Everything flows from his presence presence do not get drawn away or distracted by other things and i'm saying in terms of good things in terms of stepping out in the gifts of the spirit that god has given to us in terms of uh being a witness for jesus in terms of uh being a blessing to our neighbors and loving our neighbors well don't get drawn away or distracted by those things at the expense of prizing the presence of God because that is where all of those things will flow out from they are good things they are necessary things but actually they need to find their right place first of all that foundation is laid that everything flows from his presence when Adam Voke was with us speaking about keeping in step with the spirit that's what he kept coming back to I don't know if you remember he was talking about his own journey where he remembered in the early days of being saved, he would use his lunch hours, he would go and listen to worship music and be in the Word. And he's like, for him, he just needs to keep being reminded, actually, that we need to keep doing that. We need to keep going back. Not to feel like we've ever moved on from that point. Not to feel like we've ever had enough of the presence of God, but actually the prize is presence above all things. Clive, with this beautiful invitation to intimacy. It was this again, prize the presence of God. Prize Him. Prize being with him. Prize resting in him. Prize delighting in him. I love the word that Lou had 
it was beautiful for the children to be like, just come and chat with God. But as you said, Lou, that's not just for the children, that's for all of us. We can just come and we can just be before God. We can just be in his presence. We can chat with him. We can wait upon him. We can sing as Joan did, come, Lord Jesus, come. I need you in this moment. I need you to come and I need you to be with me. Don't get drawn away by other things, even good things. Prize his presence. We are to be a faith adventuring people. There is much to be doing, but don't get drawn away from that foundation because he never leaves us. Do you know what? Even if you don't feel it, you might have days where you don't really feel the presence of God as much as others. He has not left you. He is always with you because he lives in you by his spirit. Wherever you go, whatever situation you are in, wherever you are, he is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He promises that in his word, doesn't he? He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he dwells in us by his spirit. Grantly, when uh, me and Pete were able to spend some time with him, just this thing that kept coming through was this. In our times together, wait upon God and follow where he leads, was essentially the thing. Wait upon God, follow where he leads, trust in him, and be open to what he wants to do among us. Clive, when he emailed us off, off the back of his time with us, he said this, he said, it's okay to wait in silence and to ask Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants when you sense his presence strongly. That's true when we're gathered as the church. It's okay for us just to stop and to wait and to ask Holy Spirit to come and move. When we're sensing his presence with us. But it's also true not just when we're gathered, but also when we're scattered. In our day to day, are we making that space? Actually, when we sense God with us, are we just waiting and asking Holy Spirit to come and do what he needs to do in us? and among us because I honestly I really do feel for us to be growing and for individually and corporately for us to be pressing on into the things that God has for us we really need to be those who prize his presence when we gather together and I feel like there has been a bit of a shift actually in our times of corporate worship with with the work that God is doing among us and a real sense of his presence with us it's nothing that we've manufactured that's just what God is doing and I think we're learning to respond well. There's, there's room for growth in that. But I think we're responding well in that. But also for us, in our own daily walk with God, to just wait on him and to just trust that he's going to be doing a good work among us because he never leaves us nor forsakes us. We're going to finish there. Um, yeah can I just encourage you let's just start to put this into practice let's start to put this into practice as I say sometimes the tendencies we can almost be a little bit directionless we just go through day by day without really thinking through what we're doing one thing that maybe just as a starting point for all of us is just to take some time each day and just to ask Holy Spirit Holy Spirit come and do what you need to do in me today what is it that you want to do let's prize his presence let's seek his presence in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right.